that's good enough. Uh, let's now just go to, uh, what do I do now? Uh, let's have a look. Bismillah. Mm -hmm. Right. I got it from walking once. Oh right. Have we already broken them? That's crazy. Right. Okay. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Everybody, good evening. Hope you're doing okay, insha'Allah. Um... So um, I want to say right from the start, I want to say right from the start that um, subhanAllah, and honestly, in the last three, four weeks, the Wi-Fi has been amazing. By amazing, I mean 30 megabyte download and probably about eight or nine upload. And I've been getting all work done and everybody's getting their work done and everyone's all buzzing and, you know, I went on to Telegram, said I'll see you guys in seven minutes, inshallah, and the Wi-Fi has crashed. Like fully crashed. Like crashed. Like red crashed. Okay? Like red crashed. So um, that's obviously yani, a panic situation. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to... So what I've done is that I have tethered my mobile to my laptop. So we are doing it on mobile data. The problem is, is that the mobile data here is not very good. Um, the reception in this area. So we just hope that the mobile data holds out. I've got enough data. Alhamdulillah. We just hope that it go, it holds out. So let's see. Let's pray. So first of all, dua is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our, uh, our connection, keep it strong. You might then therefore get a few, you know, it's a bitsy kind of moments. That's why the uh, uh, transcribing team are so um, important. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this lesson go easy, number one. Number two, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep Shazia awake. Ameen, because she struggled last time. And to be honest, I don't blame her one little bit. It's been some tough lessons. And tonight's lesson is another tough one. Okay, tonight's lesson is a deep one. So of all lessons where you need to really listen carefully and kind of whatever, it's an usuli lesson. It's a heavy lesson now i know i i need to say something there's quite a few folks actually in this class um that are taking it for the first time or this kind of class for the first time and so you know these kind of lessons at the moment are not the ideal ones to kind of be exposed to fiqh for the first time and i'm telling you guys just got to be patient things become easier it's not as yeah, any complicated as this as um uh you know usually it is what it is um, but, uh, you know, right. A couple of things then, uh, I want uh, Mesa, Shazad, both of you get active. Okay. And, uh, well, uh, Mesa, actually she's active and busy enough as it is. Uh, Shazad, definitely lazy fish. Adil, you guys make sure you keep reminding people to press the red button. Cause I'm going to be my head in the book 
because I want to finish this section because the next section is a new book. It's a new chapter. It's the book of the Jama'ah. So I want to go on for as long as it takes and finish off this chapter completely. And for that, I'm going to have to yeah, I need to resist temptation to speak about all the, the latest controversies and the issues and all the like. Um, I will tell you where we are. I know exactly where we are. You just got to make sure that A, keep sharing the link to the Telegram group because there are some people that don't know it. Okay. Our unique uh, private LP group. And keep reminding people that um, to keep pressing. That's right, Mesa. You better get yourself seat, bu seat bu uh, buckled in, whatever it's called. And uh, secondly, keep telling them to press the red button on the YouTube video so that they're up to date live. Well done, Zara. Well done, Zara. Uh, that's exactly where we are. So let's uh, uh, recap of what we're actually uh, doing. Walaikum salam, Auntie Shakila. Good to see you. Walaikum salam, Arif. Good to see you as well. So um, where are we? we? We are in this issue of about what kind of prayers are allowed in different kind of scenarios. And the text that we are covering, Now that's what the end of the chapter is and we're going to uh, finish all that off. But we want to just carry on the discussion because Sheikh Uthameen is carrying on this discussion about what kind of prayers are allowed in the uh, prohibited times. So we've already identified the prohibited times and we've already identified that there are some exceptions. And we've already said that those exceptions are to uh, make up, for example, missed obligatory prayers. But also um, uh, it's allowed to make the uh, tawaf, the two units for tawaf, and also to repeat the Jama'ah prayer. And we spoke a little bit about the Jama'ah prayer last week. I'm not going to go into that anymore. We discussed, discussed, discussed until we got to page 122. Okay, at the bottom. And the Sheikh says, So Sheikh Uthameen says, now let's summarize what we've been talking about. We're talking about prohibited times and that you can't pray in the prohibited times. However, he has given some exceptions. He made some exceptions. The exceptions that he mentioned are three at the top of page 123. He said, number one, to make up missed obligatory prayers, obligatory prayers that have not been prayed. Number two, to perform the two units of tawaf. And number three, to repeat the congregational prayer. Like you prayed it already. You prayed it either by yourself alone or in another mosque with somebody else. Now you come into another mosque or another opportunity to pray your jama'ah. It's allowed to pray again in a prohibited time. These are the three ones that have been mentioned in the book Zad al-Mustaqni, okay, by uh, Imam al-Hajjawi, right? In the short, simple, uh, humbly summarized text. Sheikh Uthameen says, however, we can go further and talk about the madhab, the humbly school itself. The humbly school, of course, is a more detailed matter, and it is uh, going into, uh, uh, brings more information and gives us um, other prayers which are, uh, exempt as well. So he goes, the fourth prayer that would be exempt would be the sunnah of Salat al-Dhuhr in the case of when you have combined with Salat al-Asr at the Dhuhr time. You're going to learn later on that there are two types of combining. If you're combining uh, Dhuhr and Asr prayer, because you can only combine Dhuhr and Asr and Maghrib and Isha. 
And if you are combining and you are legitimately allowed to combine, you can either combine early time, what we call jam'u taqdeem, or you can combine at a later time, which is called jam'u ta'khir. If you combine uh, Salat al-Asr with the dhuhr, you bring it forward, okay, uh, uh, then you are praying at the dhuhr time. We are praying dhuhr followed by asr, and that's called jam'u taqdeem. If you do that, then to pray your normal sunnah of dhuhr, which has been missed out, because as soon as you gave salams from Salat al-Dhuhr, you stand up, do the iqamah, and pray Salat al-Asr. That's the whole point of combining the prayer. What you've done is that you haven't prayed the sunnah of Salat al-Asr. And assuming that that's a, uh, the sunnah of Salat al-Dhuhr, you haven't prayed the sunnah of Salat al-Dhuhr. And there's at least two raka'ah to pray. After Salat al-Dhuhr fard prayer, there's at least two sunnah units to pray. At least two and potentially four. Two and a two. And if you've combined with Asr, you've kind of like just wiped out the sunnah. Except that you haven't, of course. Some scholars would say that you can pray afterwards. Now, if you pray afterwards, you've now got a problem. You are in the prohibited time. You might say, what do you mean you're in the prohibited time? Well, we said last week that the prohibited, and the week before as well, that the prohibited time is not a time period, but it's linked to the prayer. So if the Asr prayer is prayed early, then everything after that in terms of time is a prohibited time. So I gave you this example in the last few weeks, actually, and I've spoken about this before. You know, one of the reasons that the Hanafis like to delay the Asr prayer is to minimize the Haram period, all right, afterwards. So if Asr starts at, like, for example, in Egypt at the moment, Asr is kicking in at 10 to 3. Maghrib's at 5, 10, all right? If the Hanafis were in town here, they're not praying that prayer until 4 o'clock. 4.15, 4.30. You get what I'm saying? Okay. And they're saying, okay, we pray the Fajr, the Asr prayer at 4 o'clock, uh, and then you've only got an hour of haram time afterwards. Whereas the Shafi is here, they're like, what are you on about? We're going to start praying the Asr time at the beginning of the Asr time. At 3 o'clock, we're done and dusted, and we've got two hours of prohibited time. Now imagine that you pray your Asr prayer legitimately, for whatever reason, with the Dhuhr prayer as a combined prayer at one o'clock. Now you've got four hours of prohibited time because the prohibited time is what is after Asr prayer until sunset. So therefore, for that reason, this whole period of time is to be considered to be a prohibited time. Uh, 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 just that's, that's the scenario explained. In the Hamli Madhab, the fourth exception is that it is allowed to pray. The Sunnah Ba'adiyah, Sunnah Ba'adiyah basically means that the Sunnah that are prayed after a prayer, so the Sunnah Ba'adiyah of Dhuhr are the two raka'ah or four raka'ah, these are allowed to be prayed after the Asr prayer, even though it's a prohibited time. It's another exception. Okay? Uh, Maryam says, I wonder if this ties... Uh, in with our elders' habit of praying tons of nawafil, even the madhab itself is minimizing the prohibited times. So, Maryam, I think of all the classes that you haven't done with me, it's the fiqh of salah, especially the double weekend version. And in the double weekend old school version, okay, I spend a lot of time on this issue. And I don't think, and I can't remember whether I've spent that time actually even in logical progression, actually, because we've not really kind of um we've not really kind of had an opportunity to discuss it but this is what when i discuss about the evolution of fiqh and the the uh you know the the how can i say 
um, when I'm trying to kind of, you know, make people get a kind of gr a, a grasp, you know, on why is it that certain madhahib are what they are and certain people in the world today, you know, why is it that the Malikiya are so restricted to, for example, um, you know, Africa, Western Africa, why, why did it lose its power base there in Medina? Why is it that the Pax and, and like, this, this seems like the whole world is dominated by the Hanafis. And I speak about um, the obvious ones, right? Which is the political uh, uh, dimension. The Khilafah, the Uthman Khilafah, obviously very powerful, very strong. Lots of money takes over all these different governance uh, areas, blah, 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 etc., etc., etc. And so therefore, obviously, the teachings are taught and, you know, the scholars are sent. And, you know, people are taught these different things. So the Hanafi school becomes dominant. The Hanafi school was dominant 700 years ago, let alone today. And today, you know, we speak about it. And um, in the new iteration of the fiqh of Salah, and I, I appreciate the people sh showing some love to fiqh of Salah because, you know what, it really is a special kind of class because everybody just comes together in that class in a way which has a very amazing kind of feeling. Salah, of course... And it's obviously a lot more than just a Salah class, right? Right? So, um, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, but it is important to understand the, 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 the history behind the development of our own individual Salah. And, I, I, and, you know, honestly, this is worth thinking about. That um, why is it that the Hanafi Madhab has been modified so much from Abu Hanifa himself? Why is that? Why is it that Abu Hanifa has opinions that the school have diverged on and in the Middle Ages they diverged on and in the Latter Ages when we compare, when we compare the modern iteration of the Hanafi school which we would consider to be the Deobandi school which is the world's dominant school why is that yani, subtly and sometimes quite starkly different from the Hanafi school and has it got something to do with the people that are the majority of its followers non-Arabic speaking not able to connect with the uh, so I'm not talking about normative divergence uh, Marina I'm talking not about normal little bit of editing here and there I'm talking a significant one where you find for example um, a people um, and by the way, don't focus too much on the um, whether there's a big difference or not, but focus on how perfectly suited, because I'm, 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 I'm responding to Mariam's point, how perfectly suited the madhab seems to be for the nature of the people. Like I want you to imagine the packs. Think of all your elders. Think of your mums, your dads, your grandparents or whatever, whatnot. Think of their prayer. It's, it's crazy that my parents are in Manchester or but, but lived all their life in London and yet they would have so much in common with someone in Texas or someone in Australia or the Bengalis in Australia and the the uh, the Indian community in, um, I don't know, Michigan, for example, and whatever. And all of them have got some Deondi or Brelvi influence, okay, from a modern-day Hanafism, which would be remarkably uniform.
remarkably uniform. You would walk into their masjids and they would look remarkably the same. The people look the same when they're praying. When you look at the fact that the women are not to be seen in general, the men are there. They're very still in the prayer. They are moving very robotically. They perform a huge amount of units, right? And and um, and exactly what Mariam is saying, right? Can we even suggest that culture or a people's own ethnic identity and certain nuances and strengths and weaknesses affected the development of the fiqh? That would be absurd. But what if I tell you that, well, the 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 convergence to a perfect combination is so perfect that it would be crazy to think it happened. Yeah, um, uh, it, it'd be crazy to think that that happened just like. Uh, you know, randomly. So I'm saying that the more digger, the, the more deeper, deeper that you uh, dig, you're going to find that actually um, there is something to be said. My aim in this today's session is to completely ignore Mesa because I'm expecting that message to come up every five minutes, every five minutes. Okay, and uh, that's okay. It's Mesa's job to do it, and it's my job to ignore. And it's her job to keep putting the pressure up, and it's me, my job to keep wilting under that pressure. And it's her job to win, and it's my job to lose. It's okay, guys. Just we're all part of this big game. It's called the Matrix. It's called the Mesatrix. Okay, the Mesatrix. And yeah, Mesatrix is better. Hippa said the Mesatrix is better, so we're going with. Yes, that's good. That's good. All right, Hippa has spoken. All right. So anyway, I just want to say that one hundred percent that. Um, uh, there is definitely, um, there's definitely, definitely uh, uh, something to be said for the way that people who don't understand the spirit of the prayer so much because they cannot connect to the language and the teachings and availability of scholastic and interpretation, they make up for it with numbers. And they make up for it with numbers. And it's a shame to say, but the, the prayers are very repetitive absurdly so if you were to do a if you were to do a poll just stop and think about this okay as i said i gave you the most disparate groups ever i'm talking about bengalis in australia versus indians in michigan versus pats in uh, texas versus patans in uh, manchester if you gather them all together okay and you compare them You'd look, they'll all look the same in a masjid in the way that they pray and present themselves. And if you ask them how many surahs they know, they will, 95% of them will not know more than 10 surahs from the Quran. Astonishing. And you were to take an average of how many units they pray when they get to a certain age of 50, 60 years old, okay? They start young as well. But I mean, when they really commit to it, okay? We're talking hundreds of units a week. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds more than what you do anyway, Okay. And I want you to marvel at the fact that they're keeping that up every day, every week, every month, every year, all the rest of your life, okay, on 10 surahs. Let that blow your brain, okay? Let that blow your brain and, and uh, uh, tell me that there are not things that are happening out there where... Um, where the madhahib are being used and if i was being harsh i'd say abused but i would say used and uh uh and just very convenient and so what i'm saying uh, shazia uh, is that 
these other folks, these lesser folks like Shazad and Mesa and Thingy have, uh, think that I can't even translate the beginning of the the next section if I was to get to it. That's the amazing part, okay? Because their, their moms and dads, yeah, and they translated this whole book so far, yeah? So they think that I am trying to play for time. Even if I didn't get through this explanation, I can't get through the 11 pages anyway. I've never taught more than six, seven pages. Why are you worried about the translation for? Lose a pack, Shazad Salim, go and put your head in a bucket. But back to your point, Shazia, okay? Shazia, um, it is, that's not to say that they don't intend quality over quantity, but the fact is, is that it is quantity over quality. That's a fact. Those are the, the, uh, the you know, and um, it's remarkable. You, you, you can only come at this now two ways with a kind of, you know, you can sneer at it or you can be in utter awe. And I am in utter awe, utter awe, because I've lived with these people. I prayed with these people. I, I, I've seen my parents and I've seen, you know, whatever. And um, it's just astonishing. It's astonishing. And yeah, a few of them throw in a few odd ones here and there, but it's astonishing. And it's just something which you uh, have to uh, just imagine the, the simplicity of faith of these people. They keep the game simple. They have a deep, deep reverence for Allah and his messenger and more so for obedience. Okay? More so for obedience. So, um, and they're just willing to do it, whatever it takes, even if it doesn't mean they un un understand it or enjoy it or whatever. They create their own enjoyment. They create their own enjoyment. So, for example, they create their enjoyment in the stillness. You see, we've all often mocked, right, their stillness. And it is sometimes it's crazy. When I did the post the other day about, you know, the whole cat story, you should know when every time I make a joke, I'm making a point, right? That's just my nature. I'm always trying to teach via something, even if it's, you know, mocking or fun or joke or whatever. But the, the Hanafis would not move one little bit. I was moving. It was in front of my feet. Okay, I was not, not wanting to step on the kid, not wanting to whatever, whatever, whereas the Hanafi there will think it's a sin for me to even kind of, you know, whatever. Whereas those who follow the madhab of Ahl Hadith, they'll have no problem just taking one big boot at that cat, another one at the kid as well, right? So these play into actually how we understand deen. The only kind of person who's going to feel comfortable Moving in the prayer are, are those people who put an investment into studying the narrations of companions. Because you don't find that taught in the books of fiqh, right? In any of the madhabs, actually. It's only those people who have got the guts to think outside of the madhab, okay? And they, what they do, and they go and, 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 and they, they're looking for other kind of, you know, stuff to, to, to help them in their prayer or, or greater forms of knowledge. And it then shows them that companion did this, companion Y did this, companion Z did this. And so therefore they feel more relaxed in moving around, et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm trying to say is that schools are appropriated for cultures and communities. Okay. And I honestly think that, I, I, like I said, I'm, I've, I've been in awe. I've been teaching this for the last 15 years in Fiqh of Salah. We spend about an hour on this and I go into a lot more detail, but I do actually want to have a crack at trying to finish this. Let's see. It's not going to happen, but, you know, we'll try it. Anyway, so um, so that's that. All right. 
Uh, the fifth uh, exemption, someone who walks in on the day of uh, 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 Jum'ah, okay, and the imam is giving the khutbah, and he should pray two quick units, okay, even if the time is zawal time. So that's the fifth exception. Tahiyyatul Masjid, basically praying two units for the mosque before sitting down, okay? Why would that be allowed even if it was at Zawal time? And you might be saying, hold on, how on earth is it Zawal time if the Jum'ah khutbah is going on? Well, the answer to that is, first of all, the majority of scholars allow. And if not the majority, then certainly the Hanbalis will go to town on this and the other scholars will find yani, some way of accepting it. But let's just, for the sake of, for the, sake of the argument, let's just say only the Hanbali school. The Hanbali school, based upon a number of narrations, allowed the imam to start the khutbah before the duhr start time. So in zawal time, in the haram time, because he's not praying. Okay? One, he's not praying. So you can start the khutbah, right? If you believe that it's allowed to start the khutbah in the haram time, hold that thought. Now, we know in Sahih Muslim, hadith number 875, that a man came in and the Prophet ﷺ was giving khutbah on the day of Jumu'ah and he sat down and the Prophet ﷺ said to him, As-Salat, have you prayed? You've just sat down, right? And the man said, no. The Prophet ﷺ said, Qum Stand up, pray, and uh, make it quick. Yani make it light, all right? Keep it light and stand up and uh uh, pray. What on earth is that? I've got no idea what that is. But what I do know is that Shazan Salim is not live. I know that much. Okay? I know that much. So, um, what am I... Uh, uh, right, yeah. So, what do we learn from this? That the Prophet ﷺ told a person to stand up and pray during the khutbah. Right. And we also know that it's possible for the imam to start the khutbah in the zawal time. Therefore, therefore, it is by definition, according to the Hanabila, allowed to pray the two units of Tahiyatul Masjid during a haram time. Even if this person didn't in this hadith, but if the imam had started the khutbah earlier, then it would have been in a haram time and he would have told him to stand up and pray on that assumption, and therefore the person would have uh, prayed it. So this is another exception. This is another exception, okay? The sixth exception is the two sunnah before Salatul Fajr. You might say, hold on, Yani, what kind of exception is that? Well, the answer is, yes, it is, okay? It is an exception because we said that there's no prayer uh, after the sunrise um, until the Salatul Fajr, right? We said that in general. Well, the exception is obviously for the two sunnah of Fajr. One has to, and so it's the kind of stating the obvious here, to be honest. Uh, Suraya asked the question, can one pray the Dhuhr sunnah before praying Asr? If you are combining the prayer, okay, it is possible, but that's something that's going to come in a couple of months' time or whatever it is. So wait for that when the time comes. That's in the chapter of combining, a long way away yet. There's an appendage to the masjid proper, like the Jum'ah being held in a gym, attached to the masjid, qualify for tahiyyat al-masjid as well? The answer is yes, if the lines have moved out. Because if a masjid is full and the lines are now moving, then the outside is the masjid as well. 
everything takes the ruling of the masjid. Okay, because when you go there and you want the reward of the masjid, so why are we not praying the two rakah of the masjid? Okay, that's why it is uh, my that's my personal uh, opinion. Ideal saying anytime you walk into the masjid, then on Jum'ah, should you pray the two rakah of Tahiyatul Masjid, regardless of its zawal time or not? According to the Hanabila, the answer is yes. And according actually to a number of the scholars, the answer is yes. Why did that? That's weird. Oh, that was my, 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 my laptop. I was trying to work out. Why did that happen? Let me just turn off the laptop sound. Yeah. Um, no problem, Aisha. Walaikum salam. Um, the rest of the questions are not on the subject. Okay. So like Sunnah Salah for Jumu'ah is not on the subject. Let's keep it to the focus on what we're covering. Okay. Um, the Fajr Sunnah, I'm just saying that we're, we're, we're no problem. Harris, no problem. Um, the uh, 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 the the we know that one of the prohibited times is once the sun rises until fajr time. It's a general prohibited time, okay. And it, it, to be honest, it's not a great point, frankly, but it's been mentioned because it's a generally prohibited time. There shouldn't be any prayers that are allowed other than the the fajr fard prayer. But of course, you got to pray the sunnah before it, and so this two sunnah is seen as an exception. Just run with it. Just run with it. It's not, it's, as I said, it's not the strongest of, of, of uh, points. Uh, Thana, this is this is the khutbah having started. This is based upon the khutbah being started. Okay? Um, so, yes, the, this is according to the Hanbalis and the Shafi'is. Not, there's not consensus on this. There's difference, and we'll come to that in its right time as well. Right. The seventh exception is the Salatul Janazah. The Salatul Janazah is also prayed in the prohibited times. Um, so if you prayed Asr and the uh, Janazah is brought in, then we will pray over it. And that is because of the general ruling for uh, uh, obliging or obligating rather the prayer upon the deceased. Okay. And also it is obligated to be hasty in that. Yeah, and to speed up the process and get them buried. So you don't delay the Janazah prayer because that's the haq of the deceased to be buried. Right. So... Uh, so there are just off the top here seven exceptions according to the Hanabila, even though only three have been mentioned in this brief version of the Hanbali Madhab. Actually, when you go deeper, there are seven. And actually, when it comes to the class position, it's going to become even more. We'll come to that in a second. So then the author says, وَيَحْرُمُ تَطَوُّعٌ بِغَيْرِهَا فِي شَيْءٍ مِنَ الْأَوْقَاتِ الْخَمْسَةِ حَتَّى مَا لَهُ سَبَبٍ the author then says, and um, it is prohibited to perform any further supererogatory prayers, any other non-obligatory prayers, other than the ones we just mentioned, at any of these uh, prohibited times, okay? Other than what we just said, like repeat, repeat, repeating the jama'ah, the two rakah of tawaf, the tahiyatul masjid, if you enter the masjid and the imam is giving khutbah, the sunnah of dhuhr, if you combine the asr at the early time, the sunnah of fajr, for example, all of these are the exceptions. Anything other than that is completely prohibited. And then he says, their own reason. Even those prayers that have their own reason. And this is now going to take us the rest of the entire uh, session to discuss. Okay. The Hanbalis are saying that it doesn't matter now. It will probably freeze. Yep. And it is important to tell me so that I would then repeat 
I will repeat when you say to me, it's okay now. Okay. Uh, tell me when it's back, because as I said, we're on a dodgy mobile connection. Uh, all right, we're back. So I'm going to carry on then. So um, now I need you now to uh, 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 um, I need you now to kind of go with the flow here, because this is where it's going to get a bit deep. Okay. Why is it that the Hanbali school does not allow any other prayers, okay, non-obligatory prayers, that even if they have a reason to be prayed, like, for example, you make wudu, then there is a reason to pray the two sunnah after wudu because you've made wudu. There's a reason, okay? But they say, no, not allowed, okay? So that's what we mean by a prayer that has a reason. And that's what the author means, that even if there are other prayers which are not obligatory prayers, they're nafal prayers, and they even if they have a reason, they're not allowed. Why would they say that? Okay? They say that, And this is because of the generality of the evidences. Basically, what they're saying is that we're going to go back to usul, to principles now. Our principles teach us that we have general, we have hadith which offer a general prohibition of prayer in these times. These are prohibited times. Okay? These are prohibited times. And they said that when you have a general prohibition, and what's the general prohibition? That you can't pray in these times. No prayer in these times. That's the general prohibition. This is to be given preference or precedence over general commands. So a general prohibition is given precedence over a general command. Okay? So the Sheikh says, that whenever you have this conflict between hadith, one is saying don't do something, another one is saying do something, we've got to break it down into which one's general and which one's specific. Which one is yani, prohibiting, which one is uh, uh, ordering. So we're having a clash of principles. So I want you to, to I, want, I want to take it back. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, move away from the way that uh, Sheikh Uthameen goes into it, because I think it kind of becomes unnecessarily a bit more difficult, and I'm going to try and do it in my own words, all right? So I'm going to summarize these next few pages myself. What I want to say is that if I tell you to don't do something, then I am prohibiting, okay? All right? Um, and if I am ordering you to do something, then that's obviously a command. Prohibition and command. Whenever they clash we have to try to reconcile what happens when they clash. Another clash that occurs is a general ruling and a specific ruling. Do we give precedence to the general or do we give specific? Do we give precedence to the specific? And it could be prohibition or command general, or it could be a specific command or uh, 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 prohibition. So we're talking about the clash of specific versus general and general versus specific. And we're talking about the clash of prohibition versus um, uh, order or command or to do something. Now, 
Now that you understand what the debate is about, okay, if you start letting it stew in your head, you should be thinking about things like, well, to do something is an active kind of improvement on my current state, yeah? So if I'm on a zero neutral state and I'm not doing anything extra and I'm not doing anything negative, then we can argue that at least I'm on a neutral state. Now, if you're in a neutral state, I think everyone will, of you will agree what is more important to happen here. Let's have, a, let's have responses. If we're in a neutral state and we're about to give precedence and importance to something, what is it that we're going to give precedence to? I think it's very obvious, okay? Let's see what the populist response is. Tell me, in terms of prohibition and command. So we've got prohibition to start off with from Iram. And uh, Fatima is gone the other way, and the majority are going with prohibition because that's obvious. Okay, your idea is is that well, listen, if I'm on a neutral, I've got a chance, right? But if I if I if I fall into the prohibition, I'm I'm in trouble. If I didn't do the obligation, okay, I'm in trouble because I didn't do the obligation, but at least I come back down to neutrality. Whereas if I fall into the prohibition, I've come down, yani, and where is my where is my situation? Now, this is a debate, by the way. It's not so straightforward. As you saw, the majority went with it because actually the majority of scholars went with it, and it's because the majority makes sense of it. It's not a straightforward argument. There are other scholars that were very well argued the, the, the reverse. But just for now, I just want you to um, uh, 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 Go, let it, let's go with the flow and consider that right? That when a matter occurs, where a moment occurs, where the, a, a command comes and a prohibition comes, then we're going to take the prohibition a slightly more yani, seriously or give it precedence because we're fearful that we'd fall into it. To not be able to reach for the stars I messed up, but at least I didn't fall off into the abyss. You get what I'm saying? At least I remained on the ground. Imagine it like that. Okay. Now, that is a general conclusion from what happens when a prohibition and a command clash. When a general and a specific clash, nearly all of the time, okay, nearly all of the time, you're going to give precedence to the specific. You're going to say this is something which is in general, but the specific specifies. It produces exemptions. It gives us detail. So the specific will be given precedence over the general. And pretty much everybody will agree with that as well. The problem is, is that life is never so straightforward. So Sheikh Uthameen says that when you look at sometimes these hadith, the hadith are general and specific at the same time. So you'll find that the the prohibited the, the prohibition hadith is general and specific at the same time, and that the command hadith is general and specific at the same time. Now imagine now, five minutes ago we just said yeah when prohibition and 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 command combine we give precedence to prohibition, when the general and the specific combine we give precedence to the specific. Well, now imagine that we've got haram, we've got prohibition and command combining and they've got both specific and general, specific and general at play. That's the perfect, or sorry, that was the necessary intro to this discussion.
Now let's put examples into this debate. So for example, um, Tahiyatul Masjid. Now, what is Tahiyatul Masjid? Tahiyatul Masjid is that a person goes into a masjid and out of respect to the mosque, as a hello to the mosque, you don't basically do anything other than give it its respect before you do anything else, before you have your meeting, before you sit down, before you chill, before you go sleep, before you do anything. And that is to pray two raka'ah. If you've got a reason to pray two raka'ah, great. If you come up and the, 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 the congregational prayer is established, great, we pray it, okay? You, you didn't disrespect the mosque. But you walk in at a time, 10 o'clock in the morning, where there's nothing happening, there's no one praying, there's no other prayer on, on display. Let's now create two raka'ah for absolutely no other reason other than to respect the mosque. That's called Tahiyatul Masjid. All right? Now, Tahiyatul Masjid. Hold it there in your headlights. Tahiyatul Masjid. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, If any of you enter, if any of you, whenever you enter the masjid, do not sit down until you pray two units. Do not sit down until you pray two units. So this is the hadith which obligates a person to pray two units in the masjid before they sit down. If you look at this hadith, it has a general ruling and it has a specific ruling. The general ruling is time. Whenever. Any time. Any time that you enter into the masjid. That's general. The specific is that you pray to raka'ah. Not any prayer, but a specific prayer of two raka'ah. Okay? Um, so therefore, this hadith has a general and a specific. A general time of uh, command in general, all times. And a specific, which is to pray. On the other hand, we have a hadith. La salata ba'da al-asri hatta taghib al-shams. There is no prayer after the asr until the sun has set. There is no prayer after the asr until the... I bet, I bet that was choppy. Yep, frozen. But I think we're back though. Always choppy. Nope, nope. I think we're back. Yep. See, I predicted that. And you know why that happened, right? Stupid text messages. And can I just tell you what his text message was? Send us the number one, right? Send us the number one so that you can have, honestly, and um, pay one Junaid so that you can get 15 minutes of internet free. It is, you know, the Arab Biani, oh, do not disturb. Sorry. See, this is the problem. She's that Salim doesn't tell me these things. Okay, okay. I've done that. I, for, I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting that. But anyway, you know, that's the problem using mobile phones in the pack lands. Pack, oh my God, the worst. And Arab lands. They send you the most stupidest messages, text messages, all the time. All the time. Anyway, I forgot about us doing this whole thing by phone. I've now put it on Do Not Disturb. That shouldn't happen again. Um, oh, yeah. So, the uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, there is, so, there is no prayer until Asr after the, until the sun has set. That's the hadith. If you look at this hadith, there is also a general 
And there's also a specific. The general is that there is no prayer. No prayer. La salata. You can't pray any prayer. But there's a specific. And that is the time. So the time here is specific after Asr. And the action here is general, which is the prayer. Now you've got two hadiths going up against one another. We've got a guy who's going to walk into the masjid after Asr. He walks in and now he's about to pray and he's stuck. He sees the hadith there and he sees the hadith there. The first hadith says, if you enter into the masjid, you've got to pray two rakah before you sit down. Whenever you go in, whenever, either, whenever you go, you've got to pray two rakah before you sit down. Then he sees the other hadith. He goes, there is no prayer to be prayed after Asr until after Maghrib. He looks at his watch. He's got half an hour left until Maghrib. He's thinking, what am I going to do now? I've walked into the masjid. I've got to pray before I sit down. I need to sit down. I'm tired. I've got to sit down. This one's saying, I can't yani, pray at all. What do I do? If I look at this prayer, this hadith, there's a general, this is a command. And this is a prohibition. Then the command, there's a general, which is the time. And there's a specific, which is the prayer. In the prohibition, there's a general, which is the prayer. And there's a specific, which is the time. I have a general time saying any time and I have a specific time which is saying after Asr. I have a specific command which is to pray and I have a general thing which is you can't be praying at all. You see now how a person can get confused? You see now why scholars differ on these issues? You see now why the Hanafis have this ruling and the Shafi'is have this ruling and whatever and we haven't even spoken about authenticating the Hadith for example, right? So normally, when we'd say, you know, what are the opinions of scholars, or, you know, on X, Y, and Z, there's a hadith. Mostly the easiest way is just to say, give me the hadith and look at the hadith, okay? And you look at the hadith and you say, this hadith is weak. It's gone. That's it. Once the hadith is weak, we don't even need to have a discussion anymore. The only one hadith is left standing and, you know, uh, uh, whatever. By the way, Sarah, don't you... Dare even try to put forward a summary session today. Don't even dare because there's no chance I'm going to be able to read this because I don't even understand yani, what I'm saying, let alone read my own summary. Right? So just gonna put that out there. So um, so I'm just saying that um, if you think about it, normally there are so many different reasons why the scholars have different rulings and the madhabs then have these kind of uh, situations, okay? And this is not even a basic brain. This is not even an advanced brain twister. This is very basic usul, which is at the fount of nearly every single um, fiqhi kind of uh, difference. Anyway, anyway. Sheikh Uthameen says, Fihi umumun fi salah. So we have a generality that there's no. Well, actually, I've, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of. Uh, uh, uh. So Sheikh says, so for either, so if this guy now goes in to the masjid, okay, all right. For either dakhla insanun al masjida, all right. If he goes in after salatul asr, for in qultalahu, and if you say to him pray, then he has gone against a prohibition and he has agreed with the command. The prohibition was don't pray, but he did. 
and he's gone with the command. The Prophet ﷺ said, let him pray before he sits down. So he did that. And if you told this guy, don't pray, when you walked into the masjid, you say, don't pray, then this guy has agreed with the prohibition. Right? Okay? I'm always ready to do that, Marina. Always. Okay? Always. Sarah deserves more that and more than that. Just a l- simply for the fact that an Egyptian learned what Badamiz means. She deserves all of the time in the world. Okay? So, um, if, he, if you say to him, don't pray, then he, and he doesn't pray, he then agreed with, he, he has fulfilled the, pro- the, 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 the prohibition. Yani, he didn't pray, but he went against the command of the Prophet that told him to pray before he sat down. And what does the author say? What does Imam al-Hajjawi say? He's telling us to do the second thing. He's saying, don't pray. Agree with the prohibition and don't pray. That's what the author is saying. And Sheikh Uthameen says, why is he saying that? Because of what I mentioned earlier on. When you've got a combination of, a, of a, should I do the obligation or should I do the prohibition? We're going to go with the, uh, should I do the obligation or should I avoid the prohibition? Right? Then you're going to go with avoid the prohibition. You're going to give that more importance. That's what Sheikh Uthameen has said is why the Hanabla have got that ruling. And that's why they are not going to allow you to do Tahiratul Masjid in this uh, time after Salatul Asr. They're not going to allow you to do that because of, um, yeah, and because they said that in this particular scenario, the hadith of no prayer after Asr takes the precedence because it's a prohibition. That's their uh, thinking. Now you know what the basis for their ruling is. Now you know why he said, it is prohibited to pray it, uh, any other non-obligatory prayer in any of the other times, even those that have a reason. Okay? So that's the basis for that. And Zara, they allowed it for Jum'ah, as I said, because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. They said exemptions. By the way, this is their principle in general. They still, of course... They still, of course, say there are exceptions. And the exceptions need to be clear and they need to be textual. And if the text is there, then the exception is there. And we've already given those examples. The repetition of the jama'ah. We gave the example of the fulfilling the obligatory prayers. We gave the example of the the two units of tawaf. We gave the example of imam with the imam. And correct, their fifth exemption is just for the jama'ah prayer because of that hadith. Now, that's the Hanbalis. Sheikh Uthameen then says, And some of the people of knowledge went towards the opinion that the command and the specifying command is to be given priority and precedence. A specific order is to be given precedence. Okay? And they argued this by saying, okay, that in this scenario, we've got 
two generals and two specifics coming together. However, however, in the general prohibition, we have مخصوصن مسائل مخصوص متفق عليه. This is a fascinating point. He's saying that despite the fact that we've got general and general and specific specific coming together, when you look at it, the general prohibition, which is do not pray, already has exemptions. You've already accepted that there are exemptions. And we all agree upon those exceptions and exemptions. The making up of the fard. The making up of the, the turaka of tawaf, the repeating of the jama'ah, the, 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 the seven different ones that they given. And so their argument now is, these scholars, is so, well, okay, well, okay. If the general prohibition has already been allowed some exceptions, admittedly because they're clear-cut and hadith and it's textual and we agree with them, oh, we agree with them, but you also agree with them. And so therefore your general prohibition isn't really as strong as you may have thought. Do you get the point, guys? They're saying that if you have already allowed these exceptions, then why can't there be further exceptions? Okay? Why can't there be further exceptions? Why can't there be further specifications allowed by other ahadith that suggest that there could be specifics that, that have a reason? That have a reason. So the general ruling is actually specified, not specific, Zara. So the general ruling has actually been specified because of these exceptions. Okay? Because... And, and, and then Sheikh Uthameen says, لِأَنَّهُ لَمَّا اسْتُثْنِيَ مِنْهُ أَشْيَاءِ يعني ضعف أمومه يعني once we already allowed exceptions to come into this general prohibition, we weakened its foundation just there and then. حَتَّى إِنَّ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ مِنَ الْعُصُولِيِّينَ to the extent that some of the usuli scholars some of the scholars of the principles of fiqh, okay, which is a specific art, by the way, they said, إِنَّ الْعَامَّ إِذَا خُصَّ بَطَلَتْ دَلَالَتُهُ عَلَى الْعُمُومِ نِهَائِيًّا لِأَنَّ تَخْصِيصَهُ يَدُلُّ عَلَى عَدْمِ إِرَادِةِ الْعُمُومِ If a general ruling has been specified Its ability to remain a general rule is invalidated completely. Because by being specified, it has proven that it was never intended to be a general ruling in the first place. Only Allah knows what I just said there. Uh, you know that I will translate that again 10 times and each time will be different, right? <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful line. It's a beautiful maxim. It's a, 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 as difficult a maxim as it gets, okay? 
I'm going to say it again in case you didn't understand. Okay. But it's more important for you to understand. Okay. Inna al-amma idha khussa batalat dalalatuhu ala al-umum ala al-umum nihaiyan li'anna takhsisahu yadullu ala adm iradat al-umum that the general ruling if it is specified okay if it is specified yani if a general rule allows for a specific exemption basically okay batalat dalalatuhu its place or its function to operate as a general rule has been invalidated completely. Now, pause, pause, I'm going to add commentary. I hope you understand what's being said. If you are claiming to be an absolute rule, an absolute general prohibition, bro, how are you an absolute general prohibition if you allowed for an exemption to just come and completely yani, slap you and say, no, I'm allowed, Okay. You know what? Sarah's got it. If a general rule can be specified, it proves that it was never intended to be a general uh, 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 rule in the first place, right? It was never intended to be a general kind of, uh, uh, you know, whatever. If a general rule allows for a specific exemption, its place or function to operate as a general rule has been invalidated. Correct, Adil? All right? So you guys, I think, basically have got the uh, the point which is being... Uh, uh, made and of course we're now going to jump in now we're going to pile in and so therefore if its ability to offer a general and when I say general I, I listen guys this is very important okay when I say umum I don't just mean general. I mean absolute. I mean general and I also mean the word absolute. And it's flitting between both. And it's a combination of both. So when I say yani, general, right, I mean absolute. Okay? I don't mean absolute, but I want you to have... There's a... a yeah, even though I detest that guy, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to use it anyway. There's a... A bit of absolute in there, but but mostly general. So, if the if the if the if the general nature of the argument is invalidated or the general prohibition has been invalidated, it now no longer becomes a uh, it now no longer contradicts. Okay, um, the ahadith that would be uh, on the other side telling you that um you know that you need to pray yeah that's the problem zafar right if you keep calling it if you keep insisting that it is general then what on earth is it uh, going uh um what are we calling it yeah sorry baji i can't simplify it for myself yani let alone simplify it for you so yani the, the truth is is that allah ma'ak yeah I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I think it, this, Suraya, like I said, all right. Like I said, Suraya, I, I, this is not a great class for the new folks. Okay. Uh, 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 this is great for the LP students. This is what has been building up. Of course, this is what the whole point is about. 
But for someone who's like first time, like Shazia right now, she's completely knocked out. And if she's awake, it's only because her husband's yani, pinching her and slapping her and pinching her and slapping her because she told him to do that. Because he zoned out ages ago, right? He zoned out. But this is not an easy class, <laughs> okay? Yeah, it's not going to be fun. But basically, basically, um, I liked what Sara said. It's a generally applicable rule, but not an absolute rule. That's why Sara understood why I wanted to bring the word. Um, uh, 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 that's why I wanted to bring absolute into it, because there is a problem here. However, Sheikh, it's kind of difficult to justify Sheikh Ibn Uthameen's principle as an exception, as exception copy. Actually, name you've hit the nail on the head, right? Because what you're saying, you see, um, uh, what you're what you're saying is that the other way of looking at this is to not say that the general has been specified, but that actually the specifications are normative anyway. Is that what you're saying, name? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Did I get it? Did I did I get it? Meaning it's part and parcel of the absolute rule. It's part and parcel of the general rule. That is the general rule. You haven't mentioned a specific, right? You haven't specified me. You are continuing my general rule. Name, is that what you're what you're suggesting? Because that is what some scholars said. All right. And his response to that is an interesting one. He's saying that. Well, if that's the case, well, I'll wait for a name to, to make the point because he's he's got this. He's understanding exactly where this is going and what the ramifications are um, for the. Uh, probably now we're going to wait half an hour for, for name now. All right. Listen, so the point is, let, let's just carry on and then you'll see. Okay. Sheikh then says, and he carries on, he goes, so therefore, if we now know that it doesn't have the ability to uh, be absolute and general and to, to make this a completely general and absolute uh, uh, prohibition and that there can be exceptions, then any hadith which is suggesting a reason for it to be an exception should be accepted. Okay? All right? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, Naim is saying, I'm saying that generality is, it is prohibited to pray mutlaqan. So if we have to make an exception, then we need more clear text than a general command such as tahiyyatul masjid example. This is exactly the point, right? So the generality is saying that it is prohibited to pray in an absolute sense. All right, I'm going to, if you... If you just look at, concentrate on what name's written, I'm going to translate what he's saying into LP talk, okay? What he's basically saying is that the general prohibition in the hadith, which he's calling the generality, right, is that it is to it is prohibited to just pray in an absolute sense, any prayer, okay? And if we have to make an exception to it, then we need an absolute clear text rather than a general command, Okay? And that is what Naim is arguing. And that's what the Hanbalis have argued. And of course, Sheikh Rutamin has already responded to that point. He's already said that we don't have a general command in Tahrir al-Masjid. We have a specific command. 
We have a general command with respect to its time. We have a specific command to the fact that it's a two raka'ah prayer before you sit down. That's what Sheikh Uthameen is putting forward. And his point is, is that, and so that's his response to that point. But then to take it further, he's saying that the Hanbalis already accept that there are exceptions. Okay? They already accept that there are exceptions. And whether those exceptions are for reasons of clear text or not, but they've already accepted that as an exception. Therefore, we should not be so scared from the prohibition, general, the generality of the prohibition. But he's not saying that because he is scared, as you're going to see in a second. But he's what he's saying is that, therefore, it is clear then that as long as we can, like Naim is saying, have a clear text each time to... to to allow for an exception, then we should take it. That's what Sheikh Uthameen is saying. He goes, you've already allowed it in a couple of cases, so now allow it in the rest of the cases. And what are the rest of the cases? Sheikh Uthameen is going to say, as long as the hadith is authentic, and there is a reason for the prayer to be prayed, then that is an exception. If there's a reason for the prayer to be prayed, that is an exception. Do you get what I'm saying, folks? That is the uh, position of Sheikh Uthameen. And it's the class position. And it is my position as well. And it always has been. And I'm going to give you a some examples of what he uh, uh, says. So he goes, well, The correct position in this issue is that anything which has a reason, it is allowed to perform in all of the prohibited times, whether it's the short prohibited times or the uh, long prohibited times, and that's for the following reasons. First of all, because the the umum has been the, the the general rule which establishes the prayers to be prayed. Okay, is a protected one. It is a preserved one. It is an already established one. We have the prayers to be prayed, and therefore they are to be the general. Basically, the general rule of praying these prayers all the time is something which is established and something which is protected something which is known and so we're going to give that precedence and that is that these prayers are to be prayed out that all the time and so therefore if it is now then being offered at a prohibited time well guess what we pray it normally in the normal times because it has a reason and that same reason is still there and so therefore we're not we're not going to worry we're going to pray at the prohibited times as well because the prohibited times is about prohibiting non-reason prayers and ever prayers and just praying for whatever reason etc 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 that's his first justification his second justification he goes um if it is said what is the difference between the general okay the general uh uh, uh ruling in whoever sleeps whoever oversleeps and misses the prayer or forgets to pray, then let him pray when he remembers it. Okay? This hadith, so whoever oversleeps the prayer, or forgets to pray, then let him pray as soon as he remembers it. Right? And when one of you enters the mosque, then do not sit until you pray the two units. So we've got two hadith here. If one of you oversleeps or forgets the prayer, then let him pray when he remembers it. That's one hadith. The second hadith, when one of you enters the masjid, then do not sit down until you pray two units. Sheikh says, if we put these two hadith forward, um, and we were to say to you now, 
What do you say about this hadith? If you say that whoever sleeps or forgets the prayer is general in the time, then whoever enters the prayer, uh, whoever enters the masjid to pray to raka'ah before he sits down is also general in the time. And that's, that's, that's the problem, you see? Remember when we covered this a couple of lessons ago, we said that the Prophet ﷺ said that when a person remembers the prayer, he's got to pray it, whenever he remembers it. And that's why the Hanbali said that, okay, in the prohibited times, this overrides it. This specifies the general prohibition. This is a haram time. I get it. It's a haram time. But the Prophet ﷺ said that if you oversleep the prayer or you remember that you didn't pray, then let him pray as soon as he remembers it. Soon as he remembers it, that means that if I remember it now and it's a prohibited time, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. It was a text, and this text was to tell me a, this was actually a very important text. This text said that I've used 80% of my data, which means that. I think I'm okay. I'm okay. I should be able to finish this lesson. We're not going to finish this chapter, but that's okay. All right. Um, what was the last thing that you heard me say? Yeah. So as soon as he remembers, they're going to say, what's the difference between them? Okay. Anyway, the sheikh basically... Uh, uh, is saying that there's no difference between the two. Do you understand? You're acting upon one of them, but you're not acting upon the second. Okay? You're not acting upon the first. There is a difference. That's what the Hanbalis say, uh, Salma. Isn't a difference that we miss a prayer like that? It is obligatory to make up rather than to hit al-masjid, which is a sunnah. But even the Hanbalis don't argue that. There is a difference, no doubt. But even the Hanbalis don't argue that because they made it, made it an exception for the congregational prayer. And the congregational prayer... A second time round is the most nafil prayer possible. It's nothing nowhere near obligation. So that's different, but we're not talking about the difference in the ruling. We're talking about the difference in the principle. So Sheikh Uthameen saying that, well, if you're accepting that one, you've got to accept the other one as well. Okay? Um, the third justification is that this prayer has a reason. It has a reason. It is not, yeah, any, a person who's praying this is not we're not gonna it's not serious that we're gonna think that this guy is trying to do shirk or be like the mushrikeen if he's praying to hail to the masjid um and uh uh and sheikh says for example all right the prohibition is to not pray before the sun uh rises and uh, uh, or after this, or, or when the sun is, or before the sun is rising, and before the sun is setting, okay, so that a person does not, the Muslim does not, yeah, uh, 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 doesn't copy the mushrikeen who makes sajda to the shams as soon as it uh, uh, arises and as soon as it sets. So, Sheikh says. That soon as we've got, uh, uh, when a person is making a sajda as part of a prayer, which has a reason, then it is difficult. He said it's ba'id, yani it's difficult to argue that this person is copying the mushrikeen. 
or emulating the mushrikeen. And so that's another reason that we shouldn't uh, worry about the prohibition aspect in this uh, matter. And then the fourth argument that he makes is that he says that um, there are some versions of the ahadith that prohibit the prayer that say, لا تحروا بسلاتكم طلوع الشمس ولا غروبها Now, this is very difficult to translate, okay? Um, but basically, the, the, the translation of this hadith would be, don't delay your prayer until the rising of the sun or the setting of the sun, okay? So, what does... What does this uh, basically uh, mean? According to a number of scholars, including Ibn Taymiyyah, okay, and a number of contemporary scholars as well, what and and the Shafi uh, Madhab as well. What this basically means is the one who is sitting there and waiting, sitting there and waiting, sitting there and waiting. Uh, very similar to like the Salah of the Munafiq. So he's Asr time has entered. And he's got to pray Asr time, but he's like, you know, lazy and he's lazy and he's lazy and he's lazy and he's lazy. And then he, but still watching the time and he's watching the game, he's watching the time. He goes, yeah, I've got another half hour. Now I've got another 15 minutes. Now. Then last five, 10 minutes, just before the sun sets, he quickly stands up and he prays the prayer. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that is the prayer of the Munafiq. Okay. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said that in some, the, the, uh, says that in the Prophet Sallallahu in some hadith said that, do not do that to the prayer. Meaning that actually when it comes to the prohibition of the prayer, it's not just such a wide open general, no, you can't pray. But it's kind of, you know, focusing upon these people who are either genuinely doing shirk like the mushrikeen or they're really messing about taking liberties. They're trying to delay things yeah, any, so, or whatsoever. And Sheikh says, وَالَّذِي يُصَلِّ لِسَبَبٍ لَا يُقَالْ and the person who prays like a tahiyatul masjid or a janaza or a salah of wudu or a tahiyatul masjid, whatever he prays, he's praying for a reason. SubhanAllah. He doesn't go and do it randomly. He does it for a reason. And he didn't intend to delay it intentionally, but he did it for a reason. As long as the reason is genuine and correct, and we're going to come to that in a second, then he did it for a reason. And that is something which is allowed. So according, and this is also the, 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 the teacher of Sheikh Uthameen, Sheikh, uh, um, uh, Sheikh Abdurrahman ibn Sa'idi, the author of Nur al-Basair that we're covering on Tuesdays, that's his position as well, okay, um, about the, the meaning of the, the mutaharrin, okay, the one who delays the prayer. Having said all of that, and I know that might have lost quite a few of you, but in principle, what I want to try to say is that Sheikh Uthameen is saying that seriously, if there's a person out there, Muslim, practicing, that, that comes across a certain scenario, just like that, random, that puts him in a situation where there's a reason for him to pray in a prohibited time because he's a legit person with a reason and that prayer has a reason, time limited, then that person is allowed to pray and it does not go against the prohibition. And therefore, if you enter the masjid, Sheikh says at the bottom of 127, and you enter the masjid for Salatul Maghrib before the sun sets by 15 minutes, don't pray, no worries. Don't worry about it. There is no issue. Pray. Okay? Because if you sit down and don't pray, then you have fallen into the prohibition of the Prophet because um, a person uh, is not to sit down before he 
prayers. That's the prohibition that you um, have fallen into. Now, okay, now, obviously I want you to know that there are a number of scholars that disagree with this. Not just the Hanbalis, by the way. The Hanafis are the most vehemently opposed to this. And I'm not going to go into any more detail here, okay? This is something which um, is a... Uh, a, 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 a significant difference of opinion. Now, on that point, Sheikh Uthameen mentioned something interesting. This is now about the terminology in the Hanbali school and more so the terminology of Imam al-Hajjawi. Some of the contemporaries today, those that study these kind of words and try to work out yani, what it means in the Hanbali school, you know, the Hanbali school is so convoluted. It's got, you know, this is the Mu'tamad, this is the Muftabihi, this is the established position, this is the one we give fatwa by, this is the right of Imam Ahmed, this is the riwayah of Ahmed, this is the one, he has three opinions, two he allows it, one he harams it, blah, 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 blah. This is the, you know, every madhab has all this. It's the romanticism of the madhabs, yani the obsession that it can occur when, when taqlid loses its focus and people then start yani, to get lost in the means as opposed to the actual objective. I get it. you got to have some kind of system. But you know that I have a very dim opinion of that. I'm biased. I take it. You should also know my bias. You make your own mind up. I'm not going to force anyone towards that. But it is interesting to, at least from the, you know, a way to understand some of their terminology. And Sheikh Uthameen is saying that um, some of these scholars said that when he says, um, okay, and even if that, even, right, um, then the difference of opinion is a strong one. And if he says, وَإِنْ كَانَ كَذَا وَلَوْ كَذَا Then it's, uh, it's a, a strong one. What, uh, and if he says a phrase like, وَإِنْ كَانَ كَذَا I mean, I don't even know how to translate the, the, the differences between these <laughs> in English. In Arabic, it's easy to see the difference between وَلَوْ كَذَا وَإِنْ كَانَ كَذَا and hatta. But actually, in English, I'm just going to say even and even and even. <laughs> All right, someone's going to have to help me out there because وَلَوْ كَذَا فَالْخِلَافُ قَوِيٌّ وَإِذَا قَالُوا وَإِنْ كَانَ وَإِنْ كَانَ كَذَا even if it is like this, and then the the, the difference of opinion is less, and if they say hatta to the extent. Or even if, listen, this is not, uh, 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 no, you don't with that. People yani, have nightmares about hatta. We don't need to know anything about hatta. Honest to God, the most, yani, biggest headache in Arabic lessons is hatta. Anyway, um, now, no, it's not actually nice at all. Only for weirdos. Right. It is nice. It is nice. It is kind of romantic. Does it have any sisters? He said, love saying that. What about his sisters? What about his sisters? Right. Um, now, uh, what? Um, anyway, Sheikh Uthameen basically is saying that this terminology is there in the Hanbali school, okay? But I, I, I don't agree with his... Uh, 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 Sheikh Uthameen is saying that in this scenario, the difference of opinion is very uh, strong. The difference is very strong. And we don't agree with basically the way that uh, it's being uh, put forward. Now, to close the class, okay, you thought I wouldn't be able to do it because I'm going to actually 
combine these three pages, which is not actually to do with the subject, by the way. So that's the good news. I'm going to put that into the next lesson, so I'm okay. Sheikh gives some very good examples of how we would apply our new rule. All right? And I think this is very useful. Okay? Sheikh goes, for example, question. Let's say a person makes wudu after Salatul Asr. He makes wudu after Salatul Asr. Does he pray the sunnah of wudu, the two raka'ah sunnah of wudu, which is a well-established sunnah, or does he not pray it? The answer, okay? This lesson was a madness, and I just want to say, Sarah, that it's very possible that my internet runs out before the opportunity comes for me to read your summary. I'm just put that warning out there, number one. Number two, I want to say, that if this lesson cuts off abruptly, it wasn't me trying to get out of Sarah's uh, summary, but it could be. But it's actually the internet is about to run out on my phone. Okay? All right. I had two gig. Yeah. Two gig. And I just wasted it on you, Paggies. Yeah? And I could have, yeah, I don't know, watched at least Liverpool uh, or some yeah, Afghan game. Although that's downstairs in a cafe with a sahlab. Big, thick, fat sahlab. Coconut, Heba, tell me it wasn't sick, that sahlab. What are you talking about, bro? Tell me what's better than drinking that than you know, on, a, on a freezing cold night. I'm talking about the, the white, you know, the... the Oh! The, like, it was like a rice pudding, like... With the nuts inside. Nuts inside it. Okay. The, the data, you know, I yeah, want... That was good, that was That was good, that's right. Okay, oh, one hour twenty. I want you to bear witness. Okay, Mesa, incredible. With that, can you just break down what Sahlib has in it? Because, um, because honestly, I think it's important that we know for certain. My one had coconut and sultanas. It was so nice. It had cinnamon, I think, in there as well. Okay. You know, Hiba, you know what you need to do? You need to bring my flask, man, because these guys, they want me to take a break. Hibs, yeah, it's in my room. Okay. Yeah. No, it didn't have no rose water at all because rose water is banned. Okay? I hate rose water. Ruhafza, basically. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Okay. So, Sheikh Uthameen says, if he makes wudu, <laughs> you know that this uh, internet is going to die and it's going to be poetic justice. It's basically meant. The flask is here. Guys, I need, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking that I need, I need my drink, man. Bismillah. <laughs> I need energy for this. Take it. You enjoy yourself. At least it's the weekend. It's the weekend, man. Listen. Heba, how do you do it? What happens when Wednesday evening? No, no, that's the that's that's the that's Uttarul killing. Uh, what was that guy's name? Gumish what? Gumish Jackin Obadar. Obadar. That's called Uttarul special, okay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. No, 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 no. You can't just stop no, 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 wait, 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 you've gone the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm saying that when we come to Wednesday evening, 
what is it that you showed me the other day when it's Wednesday evening and it's the weekend? Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Well done. It's because the weekend. Okay, it's Thursday and Friday is is off here. Okay, so Wednesday evening is a very happy place now in our house in Cairo. Okay, because we get Wednesday evening, Thursday, Friday. We're in party mode. It's incredible that I I'm. A party today. We had a great party today. By the way, have you seen the stars? Okay. They can't even see. It. They can only see this pink one. No, they can see lots. They can see. see. You don't see the people. Look, look. I'll show them. I'll show them all of it. Look, 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 look. There we go. One second. Look, look, look at that. Wow, wow. They're on the top. This is super. Of course, Hip is awake. Okay, we had a. Is the internet back? I think the internet's back. What about that? It's green. That means the internet's back. Ross, guess what? The internet's back. It won't even allow the intern to come on. Ah. Ghassan <laughs> <laughs> is like, what is going on? Ghassan, honestly, you legend. Legend. Ghassan, legend. All right. Whatever it is. In honor of Ghassan. Sheikh Uthameen says, okay? Sheikh Uthameen says that if a person... Uh, makes the wudu, all right, to do salah, then it's not permissible for him to pray. Because he intended to pray in a prohibited time. However, if this person walked in because he had no wudu and he needs to get into wudu and then he did wudu and now he's like, well, I've done wudu, I should pray. Then it is allowed for him to pray. Okay? As for the Hanabila, they're going to say no. They're going to say no, not allowed, end of story. Do you get the point? See the beauty of the point? That's the nuance. Okay? So again, if a person goes in, and he goes, this is a way for me to pray now. So he makes wudu for that reason, haram. That's not a reason. He didn't have a reason. He manufactured a fakeness. Whereas if he goes in, all right, and he is making wudu, then he finishes the wudu, and then he's like, oh, whatever, I've actually now done wudu. I have enough of reason to pray. Then it's allowed for him to pray. Um, he then goes, for example, and if there's a person um, who um, went forward for Salatul Maghrib, okay, sorry, uh, he goes into the masjid for Salatul Maghrib and he goes right at the last moment, okay? And the reason he goes at the last moment is because of the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 935, that in on the Friday there is an hour that... استهلك ب 10 جنيه انترنت خارج الباقة رج ايش؟ اكتب يا جنيه. You know what's happening, right? I'm basically burning internet. So, 
Enabling Wi-Fi will disconnect personal hotspot users. No, I don't want to do that. Oh, why don't I connect your internet? Oh, shut up. Guess what? I'm, I'm actually gutted. I think... Am I back, guys? Am I back, guys? Have I just failed in my attempt, Yanni, to actually... Is this the funniest thing in the world? Is this divine justice gone completely upside down? <laughs> Guys, we're chilling at the weekend, but I think that they're gone. I don't know where they are. Yeah, I think I don't know where they are. Are we even connected? Is that red light gone? I think that red light's gone, bro. Yeah, it's gone. No, is it? Go and check. What was it? What, what, what is it? There's not a single person who's speaking at all. It's flashing yellow. It's flashing yellow. So I've got no. Oh, right. It's saying I am online. I, okay, the comments have gone. All right. Cancel. Shut up, man. Go away. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm back on. Okay, I'm back on. Guys, apparently I'm back on. All right. Oh, my God. Right. Apparently I'm back on. So I'm going to finish this lesson. Okay. I'm sorry that people are upset. I've messed up my own system. For some reason, I can't now see any more comments, but I have switched to Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi is back. How amazing is the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my mobile thing runs out completely. It starts then actually now using internet outside of the package. I'm laughing. I'm thinking that's it. Now I'm done. Now it's going to run out. The money is going to run out and that's it. And subhanAllah, the internet comes back. Wi-Fi, the laptop connects to the Wi-Fi. Lesson is going on. This is called qadr. It means I have to now actually take the lesson seriously and carry on. Yellow and well, it's working obviously. They're saying it's working, so we're going to just carry on. It doesn't matter if I don't see any comments, I'm just going to finish this. And then we're going to go. Wait, wait, no, no, that's enough. It's the weekend, all right? So we're gonna, no, we're, gonna, we're, gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump in now. I'm, I'm joining you in just two minutes. Heather. So the hadith here is interesting, right? It says the person's got to be praying. This is a version that not many people are very uh, are much aware of. Uh, everyone knows about dua, but this is one in which dua is made whilst a person is in prayer, okay. According to some scholars, that's the interpretation of this hadith. So what if a person then understands that this is the hour that occurs, the last hour of Asr, and therefore goes into the masjid to actually try to achieve this? Is this haram or do we say this is permissible? And the sheikh says, if this person intended to go into the masjid uh, in order to pray, then this is haram. All right. Same as the previous example. OK, same as the previous Example, whereas if this person, uh, but if this person uh, came into the uh, uh, masjid for Salatul Maghrib and he got there a little bit early and he now wants to pray two raka'ah before he sits down and then he realizes that, hold on, that I can now make a use of this hadith as well, then there's no problem with this. It's not like he's encouraging it, by the way. Sheikh Uthman says, la yeah, and it's something which is 
يعني اوكي سو هي جوز فهناك فرق بين من يتوضا ليصلي في وقت النهي فلا يجوز ان يصلي وبين من يتوضا لا للصلاه فنقول له اذا توضات فصلي هي كوز از ديفرنس وي كوت انديرستاند از بيرسون هو makes يعني wudu for the sake of wudu and then says well I might as well pray after it it's very different to the one who wants to go into the prohibited time and just pray for no reason and then makes up the reason of wudu this is you creating your own kind of reason in a fake kind of um uh uh sense as such and sheikh says innamal a'malu bin niyat wa innamal kulli imra'in ma nawa that indeed all actions are by intention and everyone will receive what they intended and therefore that is to be considered in this issue and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best now folks uh, all jokes aside um all jokes aside i know that that was a crazy ending at the end there but uh, we are in a good mood and we can't resist that because we are happy shiny happy people and i know maryam yani she gets very triggered yani by every reference that i make about anything she has a song for every single reference that i can possibly think of um but uh that is the end of the chapter of the supererogatory prayer next week um you'll see that there's a little list in there this list i'm going to talk about this is just about the differences between the obligatory and the sunnah prayers nothing to do with this actual well it's not nothing but it's not important for us to read this now it can be a, the intro to next week's lesson okay um now there might be some questions i don't mind it going on to telegram group and i don't mind you know spending some time there whether tonight or tomorrow i genuinely can't see any comments i've got no idea what you're saying right now but i will go and answer questions outside for those people who are new to the class normally normally in an ideal world would stop at an hour and then we take some questions sometimes it goes a bit over sometimes only a little bit not yeah don't listen to mesa and her propaganda but uh, uh uh i will answer some of the questions in the telegram group take it over there and um i will see you guys inshallah for next week don't forget about um no i think you're up to date on everything i think that's it zakmul ahir for tuning in i'll check sara's uh, uh uh thing over there as well in the telegram group barakallahu feekum zakmullah khair subhanakallahu wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik ladies and gentlemen the weekend wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh